Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole worlds. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back. Move my microphone closer to my face. There you go. There you go. So, last episode, episode of the this week's batch. Out of the way. Out of the way. Take me to the gym later, aren't you, Jim? Yeah, Wayne's going to be getting a little uh, gym session yeah. in. Very brave of him. Yeah, I've, I'm now switching gyms. Switching gyms. Gyms to go with gym. I've already sacked one gym. That's it. I'm ruthless now. Now that I'm you, at this gym thing, I'm just gym like... Or you realise you weren't going enough? Well, it's kind of both. How often did you go, Wayne? Tell well, the truth. Okay, so hang on. No, I have, on. To, no I have to explain this, right? Oh, here we go. Because I had the best of intentions last week. On four separate occasions, the world conspired against me. Including tube strikes, including we, being left behind at work. Did we do an episode on why complain, um, complaining... Or is it complaining or excuses or complaining is killing you or... Screw you. <laughs> legitimately though legitimate oh, reasons you could never make it to the gym so but the problem so was weird, so the weird, problem yeah. was no the logic was sound in some ways I mean you had I, the membership card and everything I signed to the gym close to work so I could get into the routine however work is in central London and if for whatever reason something doesn't work out <laughs> I'd have to not go to the gym so for example you know some friends want to meet up for drinks after I finish work and whatever it's like don't go to the gym. Basically, I'm not a morning excuses. person. No, the, I mean, this is as much my fault as it is. But the problem was, was, if I was knocked out of that routine, it would then require a journey all the way into central London to go to, just to go to the gym. So now you've got no excuses. So I'm signing up to the one near your new pad, which is a couple of tube stops down. So it's 10 minute, well, probably a 15, 20 minute journey door to door now, as you- opposed to 45 minutes to an hour door to door. And you're looking forward to your first session with me? I'm Have we ever trained together? Um, like properly? Not properly. Oh, no. I'm not properly, properly. Right <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble. If, if, yeah, I think you'll be hurting for a few days. Yeah, but it's fine, though, because, like, we're not recording the podcast for several weeks, so I can, like, recover. <laughs> it's all good. It's fine. I, I, I can deal with aches and pains for, like, a day. It's just whether or not that last longer. As long as you don't have to use your arms for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. I'm joking. I always need to use my arms. Always. Yes. Um, let's intro who we are. <laughs> yes, let's. Uh, so if you've not listened to the podcast before, my name is Wayne Ingram. My name is Jem Yildiz. And this is Powerful Nonsense. And we usually do that general ramble 
before we yeah, start. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a genuine, genuine thing. General, general thing. Words fail me today. <laughs> Great for the start of a podcast. There we go. Um, so we're talking today about something kind of interesting. We've kind of half touched on it before, but but this is a whole episode dedicated to it, which is like, well, it's millennials and loyalty, or or the lack perceived lack thereof of loyalty, particularly as it comes to employment. Mm-hmm. Because it's well known that millennials now aren't sticking around. Gone are the days where someone stays in an organization for 20 years. Yeah. It's made me think of a moment in the first Spider-Man film. What's that? Because Uncle Ben's just lost his job and he's saying about the fact that, you know, he's been an engineer at this uh, electricity company for a long time, for like 40 years, and uh, then they sacked him, let him go. Get rid of him. I think it's the, I think on the flip side of that, though, I think it's that... um, My microphone's not cooperating at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Let's sort it out, Wayne, sort it out. It's just wobbling all over the place. Isn't it that, um, it's more of the idea of that sort of paradox of choice, I guess, but also... Apologies for the audio problems going on here whilst I... When just shifting his uh, mic, it's gone a bit loose. There we go. I think we're good. There you go. Hands no, free. Oh, no. No, it's true. I'll just have to hold on to it and see how we get on. <laughs> so sorry if you can hear, like, Wayne fiddling with his <laughs> mic. microphone. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yes. Continue. So I was just saying, I think a lot of it's down to this whole um, is it the paradox of choice? Now there's a lot of choice that people can, um, that's probably not the paradox of choice, but basically there's a lot more choice people can have. Um, in terms of what they want to do career-wise, I do think we're all getting a bit of ADD as well. I think people get bored okay. a lot faster at work. I think we're a lot more conscious of better or somebody else having a, a career. We're seeing multiple careers. We, I just think we get bored a lot faster as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there, actually, as far as... I mean, to be fair, even before I really was working, I still couldn't understand why but then maybe that's because my dad was has always been self-employed so my dad's never stuck around in the same organization long so no but i think it's that idea that that, you've got like millions of choices on your tv you can switch and on demand change this move that buy this and everything it's kind of like then that whole day-to-day doing the same thing and then you kind of get fed up of it and you need the next kind of okay i I do think people then get a rush and it's all that whole LinkedIn, clap at the new person who started a new job and it's a new rush and new, oh, this is going to be the thing that changes my life. And it's kind of that hopping has become sort of like little rushes as well. And so I just think, and as well, I think um, from the article that we're going to link to as well, I think that it's... Forbes article. Forbes article. Didn't Who was it written by? Uh, I can't remember the author's name, but the article was Millennials and the Death of Loyalty. <laughs> yeah, that one. And... Um, yeah, I think it's on that basis as well that I think um, a lot of a lot of like employees have got to the point where they kind of feel just like their employer just doesn't give a shit really. You're just a, a mm. cog, you're a worker, mm-hmm. they'll get someone in if they need to. And I think that's it. It's not about kind of all playing for the same team anymore. It's very, I think a lot of people have a job based on their own interests. It's I need money and I'll do whatever it takes yeah. rather than... I want to work for this person because I, I see their vision. It connects with who I am. Mm. I see the long game in this and building that actual relationship with your boss as a team. And maybe that's just what's lacking from bad businesses nowadays is that they just yeah. fail to bring that element of community, make make um, their employees feel part of something. And I think that's why people feel it's no loss to start a job one year and the next year jump ship and then be like, well, that's it, I think. That yeah. seems to be a big problem. I mean, it's it's well known, really, that millennials 
really care about impact and legacy and all of that sort of stuff more than anything else. And they, they like to feel that they are, well, they're impacting something. And I think there's so many uh, employers that aren't really that interested on whether or not the employee is making an impact on anything but the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the problem because then what happens is the employee that goes in with the best of intentions and works really hard and gets no thanking, no reward for it or whatever, not necessarily that they should be entitled to such, but it should at least be acknowledged and encouraged. Um, they feel so disheartened and they feel so disenfranchised with the, uh, the organization that they're then working for that then the job essentially becomes just a place to make money. A means to an end. Yeah. yeah. And when that happens, that's when there's going to be problems because the employers that just the employee is just there like, well, I'm here for my paycheck basically. They're uh-huh. not there and you, their productivity is going to go down because they're just like, all I have to do is be here and, and get by because me working hard is, there's no incentive for me to work harder because I'm clocking in the hours. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to give me an incentive to work harder at all, then why am I going to work harder? Mm-hmm. And so, and so then you end up with a downward spiral because then the employer will then see an effect on the bottom line. So then they'll come down harder on the employee that's slacking, which is only going to make them resent the employer even more because they're just like, well, you didn't care about me before. You've given mm-hmm. me no incentive to work hard. And so because I'm not working as hard as you'd like, you're going to punish me now. Great. Yeah. Whereas actually if the employer from the off had encouraged that sort of stuff and that sort of behavior, the sort of behavior that is having a positive impact beyond the bottom line, that's when you're going to get the best out of your employees. Yeah, I think nowadays a lot of like businesses as in general just lack a lot of EQ, like emotional intelligence. They're not really thinking about, I, mean, I think a lot of these companies that are the nine to five a lot of the time it is that kind of just your belly is rumbling away sorry no, no, I, did, I did i did say that i'm hungry before <laughs> we hit the record on this but but i generally believe like that lack of eq is kind of a lot of these companies are still working on that old system that you just come to work and do your thing and shut up about wanting to have a smoothie machine in the kitchen or wanting to be able to go to the gym at lunchtime stuff like that mm. it's kind of you work and you it's not meant to feel fun and it's just what you do and just grin and bear it get on with it it's a very I think a lot of the nine to five system is that very old school system of just do the work and there's doing the work in terms of actually doing stuff that has impact and has a, as meaning and stuff like that. But then more to them is just, it's sort of like grunt work grinding through. And that's Mm -hmm. where I think that whole millennial, I think not even just millennials feeling disfranchised and unloyal. I think a lot of people workforce is really, but I think millennials because they're coming through from the generation where again, and I've said this so many times, I think 2008 and the recession that happened then has had such an impact on, on the millennial generation and the cycle, because we're just going, well, look, we're spending a third of our life working. So let's at least enjoy it whilst we're doing it and let's get something out of it beyond just the money. Because it's because millennials value, I certainly feel this way, value the t- their time over their money now. Mm, I think that's a big shift. I think um, slowly people are getting to the point where they're actually questioning the reason to work in terms of like, well, actually, what am I working for? Like, I'm doing this because I want to have a good life or I want to mm-hmm. have a, I have to pay my bills and stuff like that. I think people are becoming, I think well-being is a massive trend and people are questioning 
what they want out of life and in doing that rather yeah. than I just remember when I was even when I was 16 and you're going into your first office job you just do it because you're meant to work and I think people are getting to the point where they're actually like wait I can I can think deeper than that I can actually think about how I want my life to look and the internet has allowed me to see how other people live and this is an actual viable mm-hmm. way of living okay here's, here's something go on in are you gonna pay your devil's advocate now no no I'm not no no oh, okay. no not at all not at all um Okay, what was your first job? My, as in, like, me your actually... Your first ever job. Paper round. Or then an actual... Okay, paper round doesn't quite count. After that. My first ever job after that was... Then I worked at Matalan in retail. Okay. What, when, what year, or how old were you? Uh, sixth form, so what, 16, 17? So, 10 years ago. Yeah, bit, little, bit, like, little over that, yeah. 10, 11 years yeah. ago. Could you imagine, just imagine for a minute, <laughs> that the 10 or 11 years that have just passed were spent going there every single day, getting your paycheck and leaving? You might be a manager now. I'd hate it. What an existence. I know. Like, maybe maybe I'm an all-entitled millennial, but to me, that sounds like my idea of hell. I mean, like, as you said there... Just you, Groundhog you, Day. You could be, like, the manager, like you're saying, but if that's your goal is you want to get to that management level... Sure, if that's I, what you want to do, great. I, I, I've got nothing against it if that's I think personality-wise, though, I think there are a lot of people that are happy to, like, coast in a job. Like, any job, I'm not going to be big-headed, but any job I've ever been in, I've worked so good at that job that before long I'm moving up the ranks fast, 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 because mm-hmm. I get so bored that I'm rather become super efficient at what I do and go, okay, what's next? What's next? What's mm-hmm. next? Which you can do, but then you're constantly changed. That's that's where you can get variety inside a job. But I think a lot of the time nowadays, companies don't want you moving around. They want you in that position because you've specialized, you are known for that little one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not good for them to kind of think, oh, bloody hell, he's bored this year. Last year he was doing really good at that thing. Now he wants to go move into that area for mm-hmm. a little while. But I think... A lot of organisations, especially the big ones, the innovative, innovative ones, are kind of um, adding that sort of job diversity into the way their roles work, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they're seeing that that's the struggle. They know that people are getting bored quickly. They know that young people are like, well, if I'm not developing, I'm out of here. I think that was kind of like how I felt at my yeah. job that I left before I was yeah. went freelance. Also, I think there's the element of the internet and social media and all that and how that affects us as well, because like, you know, when we're in a queue for something, we're looking at our phones now. Like, we we don't, as a generation, because of our external uh, uh, experiential factors, um, we get bored very, very quickly and our attention goes elsewhere very, very quickly. We don't deal with monotony very well at all. Mm-hmm. Because when the monotony... It's at the day job, when the monotony starts happening, that's when I go to my phone. Mm-hmm. When I kind of go, oh, I've been doing this same thing for 15 whole minutes again <laughs> and again and again. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm more interested in what the conversation is on Twitter right now. Yeah, there you go. And I think that's a problem as well. well that's why people are stuck to their phones. It's like that freedom machine. It's like, mm. let me just do what I want for a second yeah. and be in control of my experience and then back to, okay at the desk send mm-hmm. 20 emails whatever else yeah so there is definitely that element of adhd and i think that's that's why i mean not to minimize actual adhd at yeah, all yeah, yeah. but um but there's there's certain uh aspects of that that i think ring true because you know we we don't like to 
sit around doing the same thing over and over again because that's as you say when we get bored that's where our attention goes elsewhere and and we start looking for other opportunities yeah i think and it's built it's built into us as humans i think that's our desires to keep improving or changing tweaking and being like we just keep experiencing something yeah you would like you say you'd otherwise you'd be stuck in the cave i don't know still hitting on the walls if you didn't want to try something new and it's innate in us but it's kind of the way currently or hopefully is changing is society is built around that mm-hmm. monotony that sort of doing the same thing mm-hmm. and so i think digital and like the internet and stuff is empowering us to kind of think a bit more broad and kind of in some ways go back to our actual roots of exploration yep but um still being stifled because at the same time you still gotta pay your bills <laughs> yeah exactly Exactly. Um, let's, yes, let's take a quick break uh, to say thank you to our sponsor of the show, the University <laughs> of Northampton. Um, for those that don't know, Gem and I went there. We uh, we uh, hit up Northampton Town. <laughs> Hitting up the strip. <laughs> does Northampton have a strip? It does, actually. That sort of kind of... It, well, it's it, the high street, isn't it? Yeah, but you can call that the strip. It's more... I suppose... Sounds a bit more cool than the high street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that club between BHS and... The Poundland. <laughs> um, I love Northampton, though. It's it, a nice it, place. Again, it always, always feels homely when I get there. Always. Mm-hmm. It always puts a smile on my face. <laughs> um, even though it has changed quite a lot. Mm-hmm. In no small part, thanks to the university itself and its <laughs> continued investment in the local community. Um <laughs> But no, in all seriousness, um, I think, again, when I've said this before, but when they asked to sponsor the show, uh, we just felt that it was just such a perfect matchup just because of the sort of things that they value as a university. They're not just about getting a degree. They're not just about turning you into another academic. They actually want to give you as much experience as you can get. Uh, it's going into your field as much life experience as you can get. I think I learned so much about myself at Northampton uni and sure you do that at a lot of unis, but I think Northampton really facilitates that sort of uh, personal development. And from our perspective, still talking to the university on a regular basis, they're continuing to invest in that personal development of their students, which is great to see, but they're also a change maker campus which means that they're actually also looking to invest in social impact both locally and uh, nationally as well. They're supportive of anyone that wants to set up a business, set up a community project, anything like that. So if all this sounds great, hmm. or even if it all sounds too good to be true, <laughs> don't take my word for it. Check them out, northampton.ac.uk. And a massive thank you to them for their continued support of the show. Lovely. Thanks. Have you heard of the phrase multi-potentialite? I'm going to assume this links in somehow to the subject of the episode. It does. But uh, in answer to your question, no. Well, that phrase I've heard like popping up here and Actually, there. Actually, no, maybe I have. Go on, go yeah, on. Yeah, it's just the idea that it's that, which is where I think internet plays into it. A multi-potentialite is someone who kind of gets involved in lots of different potentialities of their existence basically and so okay. like i've been ref- i think someone called me a multi potentialite once as well and it's kind of like the idea that i do video production mm-hmm. i have a food business i also do a podcast it means that you're kind of 
getting involved in multiple potentials. The same with you. It's like you are your whole goal is to be acting full time, but sure. at the same time you have different potentials. Different strings things. to my bow. Yeah, basically. And I think a lot of people do have that. I think I think no human is really one dimensional. Even if you listen to if speak to someone who works a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Like my girlfriend, for example, she's a social worker, but at the same time she loves writing poetry. And I think that a lot of the time um that's what people have and I think that's their natural instincts they have multiple things and I think that's a problem where that's where that sort of loyalty plays in it's kind of loyalty consistency um specialization all these things come in because Mm. comes into it but I think like the whole I don't know I just think that companies nowadays have to kind of play into the whole personality of the person if they want them to stick around you have to yeah take them for the whole and you have to nurture the whole and if that means that darren wants to go and while he's doing his graphics for the company also wants to do graphics for a charity that his brother who suffers from Mm -hmm. multiple sclerosis and wants to do design you kind of feed the personality that was totally made up but (laughs) So it was very specific. <laughs> it was very specific, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but if, for example, a, a leader or a person in these companies, these uh, managers and stuff, need to know where their employees stand on that personal mm-hmm. level so that they can feed that into the workload. Mm-hmm. And it helps the person stay motivated. I think, that, I think that's the future, really, of employment is really meeting people. Yeah. For who they are, num- number one. And yeah. I think that's where you'll keep people. That's where you keep them loyal. It's not mm-hmm. saying, well, you've been at the company for four years and we know you turn up every week, so get on with it. It's more, okay, how do I nurture you even further so that you yeah. stay longer? Well, this is the thing as well. Like th- this Forbes article, which kind of inspired the episode, um, pointed out there's like there's this whole backwards idea that because basically there's a study that suggests that staying in a place longer than two years, I think it is, drastically reduces your mm-hmm. top level earnings. Um, and she was saying how her experience was that she was each year she was staying at this organization. She was getting a 3.2% pay rise. And uh, whilst for most people that's good, it's like every year you're getting paid more and you're staying there. She was like, she came to the realization that actually if she jumped ship, jumped ship and went somewhere else she could get a 40% pay rise so she was like well then that you know it's obvious what I should do mm-hmm. and she was like but uh, but it was because that she was a new recruit that she that they could tempt her in with this higher money and she was like well that's complete backwards logic mm-hmm. because actually surely you should be encouraging the tried and true the ones that you know work for sure um with more significant pay rises rather than it's like that um the uh with banks when they're like oh yeah we'll give you interest free interest free overdraft for two years or whatever and all the perks for new customers and then you've been with them five years and actually oh your rate's going up this year you have to pay you know 20 quid for your account or whatever and you're like wait but i'm a long-term customer and the free one's getting yeah where's my loyalty bonus like and, and stuff like that and i think it's that same backwards mentality which is like why are you why are you giving preferential treatment to the people that have shown you no loyalty whatsoever? Why don't you actually treat the people that have given you the loyalty with more like benefits, mm-hmm. more yeah. incentive for sticking around? Not for sure. And, and I think that's, that's, that's the real, I mean, I, I, when you hear managers 
now that they're looking to hire new people and they're like, yeah, the next person we get, we're just going to, we're going to, we want somebody that's just really committed to just this job. They don't, they've not got anything else going on. They just committed to this job. You know, they're going to bring all this new energy to it because they've just committed to this job. It's like, first of all, good luck finding someone now. Mm-hmm. And second of all, that won't last forever. Like, if this is a problem for you now, like maybe you should probably address the problem that is you're not encouraging people to stay focused on what you want them to do Mm. rather than just hoping that the perfect person is out there that only wants to work for your business. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's just not realistic. I think nowadays, like in all forms, we've spoke about it to the university and, and I think it applies again to like employees. I mean, employers is that whole idea that you have to build a life around, like it has to be the experience and the lifestyle which keep people committed. And I think that's yes. the number one thing nowadays. Young people are thinking about how they want to live. And I think more even the older generation are as well. They're questioning the way they currently live. And mm. so the idea is now you have to put lifestyle and that person first. And I think mm. that's the biggest shakeup. And I think too many people, oh, I think we had an episode a while back, but about stress at work, too many people are in that scarcity mentality, are too afraid to say how they would like to live. So it's kind of like it's backfiring on both cylinders, basically, because backfiring because em- employees aren't saying what they what their goals are as a person and life, what the experience they want from work. But then at the same time, the um the employ employers are actually not listening or not even trying to open up that conversation where right. they can understand who their employees are and right. what they want from or what they want from the job. It's right. kind of like I know what you want me to do, but that should be part of the process that a manager should do is sit down and say, These are your roles, now tell me what you want. Like mm. what are you doing this for? And I think you can see that. I think Gary Vee, when he does those ones with his um, I think Gary Vee's a prime example yeah. of just getting this right. Yeah. Well if, I think if you if you could do it for any manager out there, like just to look at what he does when he sits down with his employers and just gets to know them who they are, because ultimately the only way you mo- everybody's got their everybody's got their own interests at heart. And so if mm. you can know that and then you could work that around what you want out of them, yeah. you're going to have a happy worker. And I think, I mean, obviously we're, we're only seeing what he wants us to see with yeah. his with his video blogs and stuff. Well, he's but, already said how many people he's fired and stuff. So yeah, but it's, uh, <laughs> do you know, I was actually, when he said that, I was like, do you know what? I would actually love for you to actually show us, just blur out the person, yeah, yeah, yeah. but actually show us how you go about firing someone. But could you imagine if you get called into a room and then, uh, what's his name, D-Rock's outside and you've just been fired, you'd be like, fuck you, D-Rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As I was thinking it, I was like, there's going to be, a, there's a lot of reasons why that will probably never happen, yeah, yeah. but I would love to see it and I'd love to see <laughs> how he would handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to say, like, when I see these meetings with Gary V and his employees, I... It seems because I mean we've he's shown us his calendar before. These meetings are like five minutes long. They're short. They're sharp. Um, so and we're seeing like two or three minutes of these meetings sometimes. So it's like okay, you must we must be seeing most of it. But it would appear that he talks more to them about their goals and aspirations as an individual, less about actually them as an employee of his. Mm-hmm. And it, it always seems like he's more interested in what they've going go, they've got going on outside of work mm-hmm. than what's actually going on in work. And I think mm-hmm. that is one of why his workforce is so good. Mm-hmm. And they're loyal. And I mean, they're loyal. To build loyalty because he's there going, 
how can I help you? In fact, you see it all the time. Mm-hmm. First thing, yeah, how can I help you? And not in a like, how can I help you kind of thing, but actually in a genuinely like, what can I do that's going to mm-hmm. make things work better for you? Mm-hmm. What advice can I give you? Even to the level where someone... This is the CEO yeah. of an organization with hundreds of employees. Need mm-hmm. to point that out as well. Because yeah. sometimes organizations with 10 employees don't have those conversations with the owner. Yeah. And do you think on the flip side that do you think obviously it's much tougher for an employee, which is why they end up jumping ship, I guess, is because they don't feel they can walk in and say, hi, I was just wondering if I could uh, mm. leave work early on these days because that's how my lifestyle's set up. It's more like, well, they don't allow me to do this, so I'm just going to leave. Yeah. Which I, I think that's where I think actually you can't put all the blame on um, the employers. Absolutely. I think not, it's no. down to employees to know what they want yeah. and be brave enough and bold enough that, yeah, you might get told to F off and you might get fired. Just but then ask it, for it. Yeah, just you've got to kind of know what you want. At the end of the day, it's your life, so you've got to kind of mm. structure it around what your goals well, are. Well, Gary V again, he always goes on about the fact that his employees have an unlimited vacation policy. Mm. They're allowed to take as much vacation as they want. But, of course he's going to call them up on how they're performing. Mm-hmm. That's the trade-off. Go, look, take as much time off as you want, but when you're here, you better fucking deliver. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. You don't say, oh, well, no, you have to work, you, know, you have to accrue your vacation time. You'll have to mm-hmm. be here a certain amount of hours, and then we'll give you X percentage of your hours, depending on how many hours that you've done, and then that all comes together, accumulates into two weeks' holiday. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you're seeing people sort of taste the kind of freelancing world, the entrepreneurship world, the business world, the contractor world, because then you set your kind of your structure. So much better. Like I've just my my nine to five. I'm technically freelance, and you know I we set up the boundaries when I started the job, and I like last week I took three or four days off because I was like every three months I'm taking some time off just so you know. This is the first one. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Mm-hmm. I had to move it to a different week to the one I wanted, yeah. but that was the compromise. And but that's what like, I'm saying. It's like the it's the same structure. It wasn't working. even asking for permission. It was yeah. more like, yeah. this is what I'm doing. I think that's why a lot of people are moving into that sort of contract, and because you could then have the the credibility, and you can just say to your boss, "Well, no, you're, I'm a contractor to you, so you're not my boss in that way." So it yeah. kind of gives you that distance. But I don't think it has to be like that. It's just that the employer has to give that sort of space where mm. or to show that we are welcome to take feedback we're welcome to yeah. work around your lifestyle yeah and um but don't ever mistake the fact that you're going to have if you're going to work that way and you're going to have all of the you know as an employee you've got, you've got to deliver like mm-hmm. it's got to be it's got to be a two-way street and this is why the problem exists because for too long it hasn't been a two-way street. Mm-hmm. It's actually been a one-way street in favor of the employer because the logic is, well, we pay you, therefore you X. Do what the fuck I say. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and as a generation, we've now gone, actually, no, fuck that. Because you don't pay us that well anyway, mm-hmm. a lot of the time. That's where the problems are because people are feeling undervalued. They're feeling underappreciated. They don't feel like it's a two-way street. They don't feel like there's open communication channels. They just feel like they're being taken for a ride at their expense. It's a bank robbery from both parts. It's like yeah. run in, get what you want, get out. Yeah. And that's what needs yeah, to bank. Yeah, I like that analogy. That's good. It is that though, isn't it? It's it kind is. Of, that's what employees are. And then it's like you got one bank robbery from one angle with the employees and then it's a bit of a slavery with the other one. It's like squeeze mm. them as much as you can, yeah. get as much out of them and hold them to 
keep them at the desk because it's so hard to get yeah. them to work. And it's yeah, a friend of mine who will rename, remain nameless. Um, he's um, he he was saying me the other day. I mean, he's done with the place. He's, he's well and truly done. He's like, I need to leave. Um, <laughs> uh, but like the the other day, he had one one bad day where he didn't quite hit his targets. Partly because he's already mentally checked out anyway. Is that a sales one? Places. Sales job one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, after one day, he's called into the office. Well, these are the things that you need to improve on because yesterday you didn't do very well. And it's like almost a disciplinary for one bad day. And it's like, sure, okay, that's not good. But it's like, come on now. Like one bad day. We all have bad days. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't equate to what is essentially an informal disciplinary. Like, mm-hmm. come on now. Yeah, so if you're having those sort of experiences, then otherwise you've either got to go out there and be really fussy of who you find as an employer, or again, it's that going I'm, freelance. I'm really fussy as to who I work for now. Yeah. Like, I'm really fussy. I mean, it's a, it's a privileged position to be in. It definitely but is. Definitely. If is. it's your goal and you, that's what you set out and you don't check, like that's what you're going after, then you, you work towards it. It's not easy. Mm. But again, if you've got the leverage and you bring the value, then you do have the, the possibility of doing that. And I just think that that's it. If you're being unloyal, you're jumping and the employees are rubbish. Like it's, it's again, it's both sides yeah. of the story. I should say though, I am fussy because I've worked in such shit jobs. I've worked in several mm-hmm. call centers, several sales targets with people breathing down my neck. And I did that for so long and I went, you know what? No more. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really fussy because I'm always like a job could be really bad, mm-hmm. but it will never, ever be that bad. So mm-hmm. I'd rather stick where I am then have to go back to that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather stick where I am, where I'm slightly discontented and wait for a great opportunity. It's like what they say in like all these relationship books where it's like, write down who your ideal person, like girlfriend would be or boyfriend mm-hmm. and you have to write all the traits. I think like people need to do that for their job or their career and actually kind of say, what would a great job look like? And sometimes yeah. it, it looks like it probably is entrepreneurship or it is probably having a business and stuff, which comes with its own headaches. But I think just to kind of write down what you expect from your job and mm-hmm. then just tick away at, is your current role getting you that? If yeah. not, then yeah. yeah, why not jump ship? Why not be disloyal? But then the next one, you should be ticking a few of those boxes. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're just shooting yourself in the foot, Absolutely. really. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote down the attributes for my perfect, perfect woman, the girlfriend that I want. Where is she? Two points. Two points. Two, point, two words. Do you know what they were? <laughs> Scarlet and Johansson. Oh, there you go. But that exercise clearly doesn't work because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've been on one or two dates, I guess. But but you know, isn't I'm she, playing it cool a little bit. Isn't she? Um, is the word polyamorous? Yes. I I actually I actually put on so Facebook. You could never tie it down. Well, well, no, well, no. What this is. I always said this is She's a this not is, one for loyalty. This is a this is a PR thing, you see, because there's always been an issue, right? She's never really wanted to go public with our relationship. No, she hasn't really wanted to go public with our relationship, you see. Oh, okay. So this was the closest that she was going to get to actually be able to say, well, look, you know, because obviously she had a husband and whatever, and and that's kind of, you know, this is the closest to the thing that the way the closest she can say to look, you know, I'm kind of dating Wayne as well. Well, on that note, Wayne is... So I've now gone public, so... Sorry, Scarlett. Wayne, I think you need some food. You are obviously delirious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so on that note... (laughs) It's time for the gym. Oh, God. You're going to absolutely destroy me. You'll be all right. As I I said to you before, though, you destroy me now. I'm playing the long game. You destroy me now, and that's it. I'm not going to be able to show up for a while. So just go gentle.
maybe. Please. <laughs> we'll let you know on the next podcast how it went. <laughs> Yeah, if there even ever is a next podcast, <laughs> that might be it. I might not make it to the next recording session. The next one, you'll be in an in an ice bath dealing with the inflammation. <laughs> yeah, the sad thing is that's probably true. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we will wrap up there. Um, if you like this episode, or. If you know somebody that might benefit from some of the stuff that we've talked about, um, somebody that's maybe in a, stuck in a bit of a rut maybe with their current employer, um, share it with them. It's a great way of spreading word of the show. We really appreciate it. If you haven't hit subscribe yet and you're not a regular subscriber, then hit that subscribe button in your podcast player of choice. And um, also leave a lovely review on iTunes or Stitcher really helps put the word out for the show so we would greatly appreciate that five stars or more would be wonderful mm-hmm. so thanks very much for tuning in guys and we shall catch you next time see you later see you later